0: Hey, I'm Jana. And I'm Charlene. Our lives were forever changed by a closet. In middle age, with marriages and four kids between us, we opened that closet door. Now, we're married to each other, and you're listening to the real and raw conversations we have as we try to make some meaning of it all. This is the Meaning Maker Podcast.
1: Hey, I'm Charlene. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the Meaning Maker podcast. This is our very first podcast and I'm here with Jana, my co-host, my wife, my <laughs> wife. I guess that's what we can call you as well. You're my wife. Yeah, we're so glad you're here. So if you've landed here, my guess is you've at least read our bio or heard our intro that you have a little piece of knowing why you're landing here. We're here to tell a story and... As we tell a bit of a story, we're here to make meaning of it, to try to make meaning of it, and we really hope that along the way, there'll be pieces that resonate with you, and you will tell us your stories and your meanings, too. So, Jana,
0: kick us off. (laughs) Kick us off. How do we end up here? How do two small-town women married to men with young families who live, what, a few blocks from each other? uh end up married to each other a decade I don't know later. but that's the whole story I so know if we can that defend. is the whole story da,
1: da, da, we're done <laughs> <That's it. laughs>
0: yeah yeah so, so we, we should talk a little bit about our personal journeys sort of how we each got to this place and you know maybe then we'll talk a little bit about why we've decided to do this podcast okay if makes sense
1: to that you. sounds good we're winging this as we go welcome to our world so we talk Both... about your
0: story talk about your story and then I'll talk about sort of Talk about how, you know, you're married, I'm married. Talk about how, how all that other. evolved. No, we are, you no, know, now we are to each other, but how that evolved originally. Right. Your first marriage, you know, I, I always think of this story or my personal story as, as one that's sort of divided into two halves, right? The, my, the, the first half, the before and, and the after. But I also mm-hmm. think of it as two marriages and, you know, they're both very different both with lots of great things and both with some difficult things. But right. How did you get into that first marriage? How? Like, what happened? How yeah, old were you? So, when- so um,
1: you know, both of us grew up in small town in southwestern Ontario. I was a whopping age of 19 when I met my ex-husband. And for all the reasons that we were together, it makes total sense. When
0: mm-hmm. my 19-year-old self was with him. So what what were some of those reasons? Like, what right? Because I think you're, you know, I think it's about values and things like that. And as any marriage would be built on those things, but were were they different then than they are now?
1: Well, we were very much aligned, that's for sure. We both grew up together as well. Well, just like you knew him as well. We all knew each other. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we just had a lot in common in terms of family values and things that were important to us in our lives. And so I was 19, we dated for four years, we got married, so I was in my early 20s, got married, married for a few years, had our first child, our, our son, bought a house, had our second child, and away you go. And right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you're living the dream.
1: Yeah. Right. But of course, so I met him when I was 19, but you
0: yeah, was had, had a little beat. Sooner. You had me beat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a competition you, you really want to win at that age, but... Yeah, I, I met my kid's dad in 1984, the summer when I was between grade eight and grade nine. So I was really only 13. My birthday's late in the year. So I didn't turn 14 till later. And yeah, same as you. We stayed together. Well, I mean, you weren't together in high school, but we stayed together all through high school, mm-hmm. um, basically put me through college. We, we lived together and then got married when I was about uh, 20, almost 21. Mm-hmm. Same thing. We we you know we probably had five years together alone before we had any kids, and then we had first my daughter and then my son. Mm-hmm. Live you know living the dream on uh, Conestoga Road. We bought our first house, and <laughs> right. you know it was uh, yeah it was everything I think I'd ever hoped for. Similar thing. We were from similar backgrounds, that kind of thing.
1: Right, and so that's where our stories kind of connect. And that your son, who's your youngest of your two children. And uh, my son, who's the oldest of our two children, was same age and played hockey together, and ball, and ball. I always forget about ball. Yes, but ball too, of course.
0: I know. Well, that is how that is how you and I met. But that 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 to me is such an interesting story. Like before that, before we actually met, because literally we were living in the same small town, a few blocks from each other. Really didn't know each other. Didn't know each other before the boys played sports together, Mm -hmm. but we had grown up maybe 10 miles apart from each other as kids we went to the same campground and never knew each other yeah later on we went to the same high school never and never knew, knew each, each other <laughs> because we didn't travel in the same social circles although i i will say i did
1: kind of know of you because you were the reporter for the town paper and you wrote um, this column and you i would read your columns that you wrote because you often wrote about when, when your son was young, yeah, yeah, you wrote about your kids, and I remember thinking, "Oh, this Jana, she has a son that's the same age as my son." And mm-hmm. that, so, but no, we didn't really know each other until the boys started playing hockey and baseball together, which was around the age of seven, I think, seven, six, six or seven.
0: There. But even then, like years went by, I think, before we really yeah. had a, a conversation. Yeah, uh, not you know, I'm sure we talked peripherally here and there, but we didn't really have a, a good conversation until years after that
1: yeah for years and then we just started talking kind of as friends and I remember one conversation um, because I saw you as very much the quintessential sports mom you were very much into the game you knew all about (laughs) it well you used to be a sports reporter so of course you knew about it and I on the other hand I was there fully supporting loving watching my son play but I am not a sports person by nature so I always felt like a bit of an outsider when we all got together and were talking about sports and I saw you as being this big sports person. And then one time we started talking and you mentioned how much you love the theater. Yes. And that's my work, you know, was in the theater. Yeah, you were working in the theater. Was in the theater. And I thought, oh my gosh, there's somebody here who kind of has a little bit of a connection with my life that I felt so outside of. Right. And then we just started talking from there and we really started talking... Actually, that's
0: a good point. That's a good point that you make about how, you know, is a connection with somebody, you know, to something in your life. I'm somebody that's outside of your life. Mm-hmm. And just that whole piece around, you know, being understood by somebody or, you know what I mean? When you, when you find that spark of connection like that yeah. and it's on something that maybe some of your social circle wouldn't connect with you on. Like I had a lot of that. I had a lot of that where I was sort of going through a personal growth spurt. I don't know what else you Mm -hmm. would call it. And I felt like, you know, not all of my social circle was going through that at the same time. And so I found it difficult to talk to people about it, because I actually think it somehow frightened people. But that was the connection for me to you originally, too, was that this is somebody from outside, I barely know. And I can have these deep conversations with and she gets it and she gets me. Right. And so I really do think it is entirely possible to fall in love with somebody just because of the conversations that you're having. Like, yes, and at
1: the same time, I don't fall in love with everybody that I have deep no, conversations. No, I don't. Or connections I don't with. either. I don't so either. So it is an interesting thing, and you know, it's one of the things
0: that people have asked us. Like, how me
1: understand?
0: How do you go? Oh, how did you? How do you know? I've had that question so many times. I, my mom was was always somebody who wanted to know the answer to that question, well, and I just. And it's a common Yeah. It, it
1: makes sense to ask that question. And so but the answer is
0: I don't think we know. I don't for sure. know. I don't know. How does anybody fall in love with anybody else? How does that happen? I mean, this is slightly different because we are a same sex couple, but yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like and, and that that you know, that whole aspect of it was completely unexpected.
1: Right. So maybe let's take a little bit of a step back because when it comes to understanding our own sexuality you you had known this about yourself
0: yes mm-hmm. yeah i knew that i was attracted to women for you know a few years before before you ever came into the picture mm-hmm. or anything like that and i uh yeah i don't see it's another question i get all the time is like what happened to you like i wish i could tell you yeah. i really wish i could articulate it in words but Another question my mom asked me all the time, like, how can this possibly be? How can... This doesn't just happen to people. And, you know, I don't know. I, I don't, know. don't know the answer to it. But I do know that, yes, I did have that attraction. And uh, and I really struggled with it for a long time. Um, more than anything, because I I didn't understand what was happening to me or why. Mm-hmm. And And you had no... Well, I had no, no context. Reason. I actually... I don't even think that I knew a one gay person until I was probably in my early 30s. I didn't know anybody. I didn't mm-hmm. have anybody in my life. I certainly didn't know any uh, anyone who was in a same-sex relationship with anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really didn't have context. And I look back now and I see, you know, I was 13. <laughs> That's the time when, you know, your sexuality is sort of blossoming and I, I don't I don't know if it was there I, I, I certainly never recognized anything like that in myself I was well into my marriage before anything like that right any of that sort of awakening is basically how I would describe it started to happen to me and so yeah I, I wound up in therapy I was trying to understand what was happening and why and you know I just remember one of my earliest therapists saying you know people uh, make all kinds of arrangements with themselves and even with other people, in order to be able to do the things they do, or to not do the things they don't want to do. And right. in my case, it was like I don't, I don't want to be like this. I, right. I, so, I, I want to stay married. Right. I, I to. So just to be clear, yeah. like you didn't tell,
1: you didn't tell anybody else. You no. were going through this yourself. You definitely, you knew one
0: thing. I was running hard, is what I will tell you. I was running hard away a, from it away from it
1: because you wanted to but you know what I did stay hard within your marriage like I did I wanted yeah, to stay
0: married yeah. and that was my that was my goal I wanted to be in that family I loved him I yeah. love these kids I I'd never imagined my life in any other way yeah and when I when I say that I was running hard I look back now and you know at the time I I've got these younger kids I have a fairly stressful job I decided you know what I'm gonna go finish my bachelor's (laughs) university (laughs) um also I developed almost an obsessive compulsive thing about cleaning like after all the the kids would go to bed and whatever I it'd be 11 o'clock at night and I'd be like scrubbing my floors like yeah and I know, and, and I knew it then as well that I was running, I was running for myself and you cannot do that well, for very long.
1: And it is so interesting because all those things are very much, they're appreciated by society. Like, you know, you work hard, you go to school, you're doing all these things. You're taking care of a house. You're keeping. Oh, I think making, I look like
0: Wonder Woman, but you I, like was, Wonder Woman, I was but dying you were, on the inside. Yeah. It just, and so, you know, people. My family knew that I was going to therapy and things like that, mm-hmm. but not but, the entire reason for why I was going right. and what I was trying to figure out and what I was actually struggling with. So,
1: so you had that piece that you were keeping to yourself and, or you were working through in therapy, but not sharing with anybody else because you were really working through how am I just going to keep pushing this down, pushing this down, push it away. I don't want this.
0: Don't want this. Why is this happening to me? I just remember yeah. saying that over and over again. Like Why? Yeah, I still don't, I I still don't know the answer. Like, you know, I don't know a, what I would call a logical Mm -hmm. answer, but I do think there is a divine answer.
1: Of course there is. (laughs) (laughs) So you have that piece for yourself and then there's me that comes along. Um, And I am Miss Oblivious.
0: Oblivious.
1: (laughs) I am so oblivious. I have no real sense. That anything, I knew
0: something was happening to me. Yeah, but you didn't, I don't think you were in a situation where you, where you felt like anything about your sexuality was no, changing. No, not at all. Not at I all. think you were also going through immense growth personally. Yeah. In ways, you know, in other ways, which but, has always made me wonder, does, you know, when you open yourself up and you're willing to just be led and go with that divine flow, is that what the universe gives you? Like you, you don't you don't really know what what the outcome of that could be <laughs> yeah
1: yeah well i think i was i mean i knew that i was searching for something but i really didn't know what i was searching for right definitely not anything oh my gosh charlene you're gay nothing like that ever entered mm-hmm. my mind however i will say now looking back um isn't hindsight wonderful <laughs> isn't it it's it's scary yeah i know i remember i remember just When I met you, just feeling like, oh, I wonder if Jana's husband knows how fortunate he is that he gets to spend every day with her. Like, I just wanted to be with you and soak you in in that way. I I wasn't even thinking anything sexually. I just loved spending time with you and being with you full hearted as a person. And then there was one time, too. I remember we were out with a bunch of friends and you and I were sitting beside each other out at a bar and I remember thinking oh I would love if she wanted to put her hand on my leg right now (laughs) that's a red flag
0: (laughs) that's a huge red flag (laughs) but I never but that never dawned on you that that was a
1: not once not once did that dawn on me and I don't know I don't know why like I look back and wonder you know if I had been more of a person that I didn't really have friendships or relationships where we talked a lot about um sex or our, you know, our our kind of mental approaches to sex or how we understood our sexuality.
0: That's just not something you talk about. No, I was going to say, who does talk Well, (laughs) and you don't
1: talk about that when you're heterosexual because you just assume that that's kind of the water you're swimming in. Like we all know what we all know. Right. So all these thoughts that I always had through all the years that were kind of now that I look back and think, okay, Charlene, that's a red flag. I never questioned any of those things because... Yeah. We, you know, we didn't talk about it and why would you question it? You're heterosexual. Everybody knows. If I had known that, I would have questioned it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you you're smarter than me. No, I mean, I let's don't. just that is the base right there. <laughs> you are smarter than me.
0: Yeah, it, that's that is a red flag. Like I I I'm surprised nothing in you sort of alerted to I'm even thinking about a woman differently than I normally do or Yeah. or you like
1: no I don't I but what's normal we all sit in our head with what is normal and I think we just don't talk about it because we think well that's just normal like why am I it? it's
0: true and like you know when I when I was in therapy one of the very first things we talked about was you know how sexuality you know society wants to put everyone in a nice neat box with a nice neat label on it yeah and when it comes to sexuality um, it's a sliding scale. And some people are very close to one end of it. Some people are very close to another end. Some people are in the middle. Some people are anywhere in between any of those places. And, you know, I think for me, I had, just like you, I'd never questioned my sexuality before. No. Like and so you- I thought I was in one static place on the end of that scale. And it turns out that I was not. Yeah. And- well, you, you turn. Turns out it starts
1: to move. And that is the scary thing about when it's shifting and it can shift so subtly. And how do you know that all of a sudden, all of a sudden you find yourself shifting to a different place? Yeah. While at the same time, and this is the weird part, while at the same time, we were both really loving our husbands too at the time.
0: Oh yeah, I yeah. like that is it's that that odd. whole thing is it, it is just so hard to even it's a hard comprehend thing to looking, mix. Yeah, even yeah. looking back now, it's a very hard thing. Yeah. to comprehend. Yeah.
1: So having said that, so we're talking along as friends, and all of a sudden,
0: we're not friends anymore.
1: We're, we we realize that this is something more bigger than friends mm-hmm. and something mm-hmm. bigger than. But that. I
0: do want to go back to. Um, we haven't really talked about this, but you know, just around this concept of the sliding scale and awakenings that happen in people. And, you know, I think that can happen probably at any time in your life. Mm-hmm. But I do think for both you and I, and, pro- and, and I am certain lots of other people as well, there are events, I think, that, that change the trajectory of things in our life. I'm not saying your sexuality, but I think along with this ex- expansion that happens when you go through something really difficult, you know is sexuality a part of that whole expansion like you're you Mm -hmm. just you just change you just grow your horizons become so much bigger it's not impossible you know at least it wasn't for me to uh to think that yeah maybe maybe this is really me and so for me it was the death of my brother when I was 25 almost 26 he died in an accident and I've always said in some ways if it always it feels to me now like a sacred contract like we cut some kind of heavenly deal and he came Mm -hmm. and held up his end of the bargain and he had to leave early but his leaving early was like the opening of everything for me Mm. right and Mm -hmm. i think for you it's a different life event yeah
1: for me it was in my late 20s though um my parents split up and you know that sounds that's not that uncommon no but for me um my family, my parents together, kind of this idyllic life that I had built around me, but also had that I thought defined me, right? That's the biggest thing that I thought this life that I had, had defined who I was. And so even something like my parents splitting up, shook the core of who I thought I was. And like you said, then that sent me on a whole new trajectory of trying to figure out who am I? And then, yeah. and then we find ourselves almost a decade later.
0: I know. You basically. know, one thing that strikes me about that is that both of those stories, both of those events, mm-hmm. I actually think were, you know, they just weren't that far apart in, yeah. in the time frame that they happened. Like one happened to me and then, you know, one happened to you. And while it was happening to you, I was having this sort of awakening, a uh, spiritual journey, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. And then you know, you're all of a sudden going down the same path. And here we are, same town, a few blocks away, don't know each other. (laughs) Both going through these major events that are major for us. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the universe is like... You know, it just, it's it was conspiring the whole time in some ways. That's that's how, a little yeah, bit how like, I feel about I like it. I like to think that God's up there lives, and she's
1: really laughing.
0: You she know, is, yeah. She's
1: just laughing. Yeah, laughing but you know, like your, your right lives now.
0: just <laughs> circle around each other and they get closer and closer. But yeah. you don't know it. You don't know it until you know it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then when we know it.
0: Then you have to do something about it. Right. Yeah. So we'll talk about that in other episodes but I do think we should talk a little bit about why we're choosing to do the podcast. Yeah. It's been a bit of a road to get here and uh you know, for me it's a little bit about the storytelling piece that's that's sort of I think it was just born in me. I I'm a, I like to tell stories. I really feel that stories are very important in terms of, you know, how they how they allow you to see yourself in other people and there's just there's just so many universal truths in stories that as there is in this story, you know, grief Mm -hmm. and forgiveness and all those things, resilience, all those things that are universal truths. You don't have to have come out of a closet to have experienced those. Anybody who's who's experienced something difficult has experienced those universal truths and the feelings that go along with them and quite often you can relate. It might not be the same experience, but you can relate. Mm-hmm. And I love that about stories and, you know, the other pieces, even long before uh, you came into the picture, I, you know, as I'm struggling with this and trying to figure it out and going to therapy, I'm looking for books. Like, yeah. I'm looking for something. I was going to say, I think for me, that's yeah. one of the main reasons that I want
1: to do this is, well, you were looking for those resources, obviously, before I came in the picture. But then when I, when the two of us, figured this out together for ourselves then I started hard fast researching
0: what the hell do I know now yeah well and who you know who am I yeah who are you but and but are there other women who are in the same situation that we could either talk to right or you know could share their experience because there is no playbook there is no there's nothing to go by we you know yeah, it, yeah. It's just so, a momentous journey ahead of you and you have no idea where to even start. And, and so, I think
1: too, you know, we've been together for almost a decade now, or nine years. Yeah, yeah. For nine years. Um and in that time there have been a number of people who have come forward to us and shared their private stories, also from small towns, like very similar stories. Some of them from our small town. And many you know, some that are still in those closets and wanting to know, wanting to know, kind of, yeah. You know, there's the f- the find out like advice. You want to get advice, or you just want to
0: understand somebody else's story. But, but I think more than that, yeah, you need
1: to be seen. That has been so profound for me. That thought of uh, wanting to find other people who are going through similar things, so that you can maybe see a part of yourself. In someone else's story Mm -hmm. and so that's why i think it's important for us to yeah just kind of put this out i think so too i think so too if we
0: you know if 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 any of those people are listening and and are helped by any little piece of this it would be um worth having done it because i just know there was a time when i just was looking into the face of every woman thinking are you going through what i'm going through is this happening to you yeah do you know why because i don't know why so well, that's a big part of wanting to yeah, tell Yeah, and story. you know,
1: because we're nine years in now, now it's maybe we've done some, we've done a lot of talking, we've done a lot of talking <laughs> about all of this. So maybe it's not, we're now at the point that we can start putting words to some of the things that we weren't able yeah. to put words to in the beginning too. Exactly, and so, making
0: meaning of it. Yeah. Right? Like that's the whole point. Trying to make point. meaning of it. Yeah.
1: And and really do, I do really hope we're going to hear from other people too. I I think we will because I want to hear other people's stories as well
0: yeah it has been a really long road but just mountains of beauty valleys of despair a little bit of everything along the way Mm -hmm. and uh yeah so I think you know we're just so happy to be able to tell the story now to have come through it far enough that we can at least do a little looking back I think there are still some pieces of it for each of us that are still hard to touch just because they are it you know there's some been some pretty painful parts of it but mm-hmm. um they're important parts too uh the one thing i really do want to say though is that uh we are here to tell our story and the piece the pieces that we own and that you know what we've witnessed and personally experienced or personally felt uh we're not here to t- you know to tell those things on behalf of former husbands or our kids mm-hmm. um we're very protective of that ground just because we do recognize that it has been a really difficult journey for pretty much everyone. And we've all had to, you know, come through it in our own ways and we don't want to disrespect any of the work that others have done. Yeah, I will say there's a, there actually are a lot of happy endings in this story too. It's not just all doom and gloom. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. No, I'm glad you said that too. It's important for us to state that we can't, we can't at all speak for the other's, uh, that have been a part of this journey really have been a part of this journey did not ask to be a part of this that's right you and I stepped into this we stepped we didn't step into it we stepped out of it we brought it out to the surface
0: yeah I always say I told the truth not because I wanted to get out of my life but because I needed to get into it Hmm. yeah yeah So let's leave it at that. There's a lot more to talk about. We have lots more episodes Oh, I'm so excited.
1: (laughs) I'm excited, scared. Scared, Uh, but excited.
0: (laughs) Equal parts terrified and excited is good. That's how you know you're doing the right thing.
1: Yeah, I guess. So we really do hope that we'll hear from you. Please feel free to email us at meaning.maker.podcast at gmail.com or follow us on our social uh, channels. We have on Instagram, we have the underscore meaning underscore maker underscore podcast which is a lot of underscores, It is. (laughs) or Facebook, we're at Meaning Maker. And we'd love to hear from you and hope you click subscribe. And we've got some more episodes coming up after this. And we can't wait to be on this journey with you. Thanks so much for tagging along.